0: hello hello wonderful people welcome once again to another episode of transform thursdays where we take your heart your mind and your life to the next level through the word of the lord thank you all so much for tuning into this week's episode so with this week's episode we're actually going to be looking at the book of mark chapter 4 in verse 18 and 19 that will be our focus and it says in the new living translation that the seed that fell among the thorns represent others who hear god's word but also quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lures of wealth and the desires for other things, so no fruit is produced. So just a quick brief background as to what this passage is referring to or the surrounding verses around it. So this passage is the parable of the sower in which Jesus was talking to his disciples and talking to people that were gathering around um, with a large crowd at the initial gathered and Jesus had initially told this parable among other sorts of grounds that the seeds, aka the word of the Lord, had fallen upon and then later on in this chapter we see from verse 13 when Jesus disciples ask him what is the translation, what is the definition, what is the meaning of this parables and Jesus is telling them what it means. And so my focus today is going to be on verse 18 and 19 and so When we see this, um, in these two verses, there are just a couple of things that I wanted to point out. The first thing is with the fact that it said, the seed that fell amongst the thorns. When it says the seed, to me, it kind of shows that the word of the Lord, which it says, the seed here represents the word of the Lord. To me, it feels like there is always the seed of the word of the Lord that is planted in our lives. This portion of the verses reminds me that there is always an implantation of God's word. It's just a matter of are you listening? Are you hearing? Are you recognizing what is being put out? Because earlier on with the parable, it shows the different sort of hearts. Some that fell on stony ground, some that fell on good soil, some that fell on hard soil. So it's just a matter of what is the heart posture? What is our heart like? And with this portion of verse 18, 19, telling about the fact that the seed fell upon the thorns, I think that's just something that we need to kind of recognize in terms of the fact that the word of the Lord is always speaking, um, God is always speaking, it's just have our a heart, and that leads into the second portion of the surroundings of the ground. In this portion, it says that the surroundings of the ground has thorns in it, and when we see thorns, I don't garden much, but from what I've heard and from what I've have seen online is the fact that the thorns kind of prevent the fruits from growing because it takes the supply, it chokes out what is necessary from the actual produce from actually growing and being what it should be and so I think for us it's just a matter of what is our heart and what is surrounding our heart what is surrounding us what is preventing the word of the Lord to not grow as it says here in the verses what is surrounding us because when it says that the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word which means that yes you may be in a place that yes you may be in the church you may be connected to the people that are around but there is something your surrounding is kind of questionable there are people there are things that are sucking out the life out of the word from you and it's a matter of us noticing that. And then when we even go to the 19th verse, that's where the crowding is seen. And this crowding, to me, I kind of feel like it's something that shows too much influence, something that's affecting the word of the Lord in such a great negative way. And when you also think of crowding, like I just imagine, let's say concerts, I imagine being in a elevator that is packed. Maybe there's 10 people in that elevator and you're all kind of standing together. To me, it shows that so many things are connected. So many things are so close that it's going to be hard to even move about. It's going to be hard to have freedom. It's going to be hard to obtain and be what it is that you need to be. And in the same way, when we think about a seed being planted in the ground, being thrown and planted, and it's trying to grow. But you see thorns are then surrounding that seed and choking it and preventing it from actually being able to have the room and have the freedom to be that bushel or to be that rose petal that it needs to be. And in the same way here, we now see verse 19 with some of the different ways that the word of the Lord or the message from God is being crowded, is being choked, it's being negatively influenced. The first way is by the worries of this life. And when I saw that, I was just like, wow, like this means that some of the things that we're actually doing, it may not necessarily be bad. For example, you're going to work. Or you're taking care of your children, you're worrying about what are they going to wear for their play? Are they going to be able to make it to their practice in time? Are they going to do well in their school? Are they going to be able to get to the right university? Are they going to be successful? Is your husband going to get that promotion? Are you going to do well in your graduation, in your examination? So many different things. And one thing that really stood out to me especially is it says the worries of this life which means it's something that is so evident for here in this world, in this earth. It's things that our flesh kind of needs to do. And because it's things that our flesh needs to do, so it's so easy to recognize or it's so easy to not recognize when those worries are actually choking the message of the word of the Lord from actually producing fruit. And I feel like those things are actually one of the most important things to ask the Holy Spirit to make us be aware of. It's kind of like the little foxes that it says, I believe in, Sons of Solomon, recognizing that they're there can be hard, but is noticing that when something as simple as cooking dinner every night for your family, so much that it extends into your personal time with God or, you know, working on your business, so much so that you end up missing a prayer meeting, that you're supposed to have just because you have a sharp deadline. And this is not something that you you do once in a while, but it's something that becomes a constant habit and it negatively impacts you hearing the message of the Lord or you being able to put that message into practice. So I feel like those are the things that actually we need to really pay attention to and be mindful of. And the second portion, even in that verse still, is the things that is the lure of wealth, which I kind of see as things that can be a trap. Um, Because when you think of a lure, it's very deceptive. It's very conniving. It's things that just put something out there and kind of waits for someone to grab it, waits for someone to get it. And I'm sure nobody wants to be poor. Nobody wants to be going up and down, living from paycheck to paycheck. Nobody wants to not have enough resources to bless their family, to take care of their immediate family, to bless extended family or their friends and things like that. But when it says the lure of wealth, this can easily be something that chokes out the word of the Lord, especially if you're constantly chasing after money. If you're trying to be where the money resides, if you're trying to be going every night, maybe you're working three jobs. 12-hour shifts and crazy hour shifts. And because of that, you don't have time to go to church. You don't have time to attend Sunday services or, you know, tune into the weekly Bible studies or prayer meetings or things like that. And because of that, even your own personal time with God is kind of depleting the quality just because you're so exhausted from working all these many shifts, going up and down, trying to figure that out. That, you know, that lure of well, that lure of you want money, you're trying to make it, you're trying to go ham, go big, that you forget what actually is keeping you, you forget God. I think that's something that we also really need to be careful of, as the Bible said here. And even the third thing that says, then the desire for other things, it kind of reminds me of the book of Proverbs where it says, should got a heart, but out of it flows the issues of life. And this reminder is showing me that our desires comes from our hearts. And if we are here being told to be careful because there are some seeds that fall on thorny grounds that the message is crowded and the message does not yield to fruit because there are desires of other things. So it just means that we need to have a direction and recognize where exactly is our heart looking at or our eyes. What is our eyes looking at? Because what our eyes are looking at is what's going to lead our hearts desires and by God's grace with that we're not going to desire other things and when it says in the book of Matthew 6 33 seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else shall be added unto you in that it's saying that our desire first should be God not other things not money not affirmation from people not that position not anything in in this earthly realm but only what is of god and only what comes from him and this holy spirit and from his son and for us to produce fruit, we need to ensure that our desires are properly aligned. And then I guess like it's also recognizing even at the latter portion of the verse where it says, so no fruit is produced. For me, it kind of raised the question like, so why is it important to produce fruit? Because if Jesus is making this whole parable so important to the disciples in terms of explaining the meaning of it so that the disciples aren't just thinking of farmers, and sowing, and grounds, and crops, and all of that, but they're thinking of the actual supernatural spiritual principles behind it. I think it's definitely important to understand why fruit Production is important. And when we look in the book of John, where it says that Jesus is divine and we are the branches and we need to produce fruit. I think that speaks to itself because even just remembering that fig tree that Jesus cursed in the Gospels, in which it was supposed to have had fruit, Jesus was expecting it to have fruit when he came up to it. It looked like it was producing fruit, but he came up to it and he didn't see fruit, he only saw figs but we aren't to be like that. We aren't called to be like that because with Jesus, he cursed that tree from its roots. And the next day the disciples saw it and said, well, master, look at the tree that you cursed. Look at what has happened to it. So for us, the Bible says all those that does not produce fruit, he will cut away. And we don't want to be cut away. We don't want to be people that aren't living as Christ has said, we should live in obedience to him because producing fruit is a sign of obedience. And when we even look at the fact that having the Holy Spirit can be seen through the evidence of fruits, I feel like that would also speak to why fruit production is important. And it also speaks to the fact that there's so many sorts of fruits that we can produce. Yes, we're not a tree. We're not going to produce apples or oranges or any other fruits that can be grown physically but we can produce different sorts of fruits like the fruits of the holy spirit as we see in galatians 5 or the fruit of our salvation faith and many other fruits too as well in the interaction that we have with people the fruit of soul winning and things like that and evangelism so i believe that as we see this in this way as we recognize that okay fruit production is actually very important. And if it's important, we also have to recognize what is hindering fruit production. And Jesus has listed some things here as to some of the chokings. And with us, just recognizing that some of these things may not necessarily be quote-unquote bad, but it's just a matter of if it is crowding the word of the Lord, that that word that you are actually hearing does not bring forth what it needs to bring forth, then we need to put a question mark upon it. And hopefully with that question mark we can properly align ourselves so that we're not living as fruitless people, but more of fruitful people. So I just wanted to just encourage us today to not let anything crowd the message of the fruits of God's word, because we must produce fruits. Jesus is expecting us to, especially if we are claiming to be branches in his vineyard. Jesus was fruitful and we through the Holy Spirit can be fruitful too as well. But we also need to recognize what can be preventing us from being fruitful. And I also definitely encourage you all to read the parable of the soul. So the rest of the Matthew chapter 4 from verse 1 to that verse 20. Reading the verses, reading the different types of soil, the different types of heart. Because in this case, the soil symbolizes the heart. And we need to make sure that our heart is properly aligned so that we can produce a harvest of 30 60 even 100 times much more than has been planted in us as is the desire of god for us so thank you all so much for listening to this episode i hope you've all been blessed so don't forget to share this with all your friends and those that you believe would be encouraged by this thank you once again bye and god bless you